Hello and welcome on to another episode here of the ISO Ball Podcast with your host, Derek Terrio, your place to learn about the NBA on and off the court. So here we are doing a recap of Game 1 of the NBA Finals where the Toronto Raptors got their first win at home, 118-109. to It's quite an interesting game uh, from the perspective of both teams, so let's take a look here, go quarter by quarter, Go over some of the things I saw, and then we'll do some post-game notes at the very end. This one, this one won't be very long, as uh, there's only so much you can talk about here with Game One, and uh, some adjustments here going forward as well. So I post. If you didn't check it out, I posted a Twitter thread of some of the things that I saw from a video perspective on my account at IsoBallPod. I S O B A L L P O D. So be sure to go check that out uh, if you had any questions or any uh, sort of interest in seeing the visual portion of kind of what I saw throughout the game. So I would encourage you, encourage you to go check that out uh, before you listen to this pod or after. Either one works for me. And uh, yeah, that, that'll, uh, that'll be a nice supplement to what we're going to talk about in a second here. So the Warriors started out uh, with their traditional lineup. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, and they actually started Jordan Bell. Now, I thought that they were going to start Kevon Looney, uh, but Jordan Bell was the starter, and he played, you know, okay. He wasn't uh, he wasn't an incredible force one way or another, but he, he was solid, I would say. And the Raptors started out Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, and Marcus Gasol. Uh, obviously, their traditional starting lineup. So right away, right in the starting off with the first quarter here, right away, the Warriors looked to me right on the first possession that they started switching everything. Uh, they started switching everything on defense, and that left a couple of mismatches. Uh, right away, the, uh, the Raptors sought out a mismatch with Klay Thompson on Marcus Gasol, tried to go to that and weren't able to do so. But it was clear to me that the Warriors started to switch everything. In terms of some matchups, uh, Siakam started on Draymond Green and Kawhi was guarding Iggy. I actually thought Kawhi was guarding Dr- would guard Draymond and Siakam would guard Iggy. Turns out that was not the case. They went the other way around with that. Uh, in terms of matchups the other way, Clay uh, was on Lowry. Draymond was on Marcus Gasol and Siakam on Bell. And Curry got the easy matchup starting on Danny Green as kind of we predicted. So right away, you saw that in the first quarter, the Warriors were giving up three-pointers to the Raptors, most of which were very good looks. Danny Green had a couple very good looks in the first quarter. One of them went down above the break as Draymond Green went to go help out uh, Steph Curry as he got switched onto Pascal Siakam. Uh, he bumped down and that left Siakam to get the ball over to Green for a wide-open three, uh, which he definitely needed considering how much he was struggling throughout the playoffs. That was a much-needed one for Danny Green. And like I said, the Warriors were just kind of conceding a lot of open shots. Two wide open threes to Marc Gasol. Nobody within uh, the vicinity. No one even thought to close out to a couple of Gasol wide open threes. He made both of those. Uh, Lowry and Fred Van Vliet were chasing Curry around screens. They had the task of doing that for the night. Mostly did a good job. I would say Van Vliet did a better job than Lowry uh, on that task. But both did a solid job, I would say. Although (coughs) Steph Curry did get loose for a couple of threes off of some broken plays and offensive rebounds in which uh, the Raptors just kind of got scrambled and couldn't find him. So he got a couple of threes open that open off of that. And lastly, the Raptors took 14 three-pointers in the first quarter and made five of them for 35%. And after one, it was 25-21 uh, for the Raptors. Uh, again, nine, 21 points, holding the Warriors to 21 points in a quarter is 
you'll you'll clap and take that as a win for almost any quarter in the game. So great job by them defensively, and they were locked in uh, on defense for most of the night here. Going to the second quarter, DeMarcus Cousins got his first look uh, since that injury against the Clippers in the first round. He, he looked a little bit rusty to me. He didn't really look totally back, and that's to be expected given how, given how much time he had off. But uh, he did, he he was uh, providing some value as a passer. He made a couple of very, very nice passes. One backdoor cut to, to Clay Thompson. And another nice pass was he, he posted up, drew three Raptors, and then slung a pass out to the corner to, to Jonas Jarebko, who hit a three. But uh, his first shot was uh, a Carmelo Anthony-like 18-foot face-up jumper, which ended up in a brick. Not a good first shot for him. Patrick McCaw saw some minutes in the game as well. He, I think he was a minus two, but I kind of liked how he played. I didn't really mind it exactly. Uh, for some reason, they decided to put him on Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson didn't really uh, abuse him too much to, from what I remember. But I, uh, I do remember Patrick McCaw making the extra pass uh, out to the wing to get uh, an open three. I'm not sure who that was for. I think it was Pascal Siakam. And he also made a crucial three in the third quarter that we'll talk about later. So it was a little surprising to see Pat McCaw out there. Uh, even more surprising to, to see that he played more minutes than Norman Powell. But uh, good to see that there's another guy that uh, Nick Nurse relies on instead of the uh, the classic three uh, bench guys that they had been rolling out uh, going forward. So we'll see how much Patrick McCaw continues to play. I'm, I'm not sure how much of a difference he can make in this series. Maybe he's another guy you can kind of throw out there if there's a guy off the bench go for the Warriors going off, or maybe he does well uh, guarding uh, Clay Thompson or Iguodala. So we'll see how that goes as well. But uh, good to know that there is uh, someone you can use in spot minutes in Patrick McCaw. The Raptors' defense uh, was still at peak level to me. Uh, specifically, Marcus Soul defending the pick and roll in that second quarter was absolutely fantastic. There was three plays I can remember specifically where Gasol was put in the pick and roll action with Curry and I think it was Looney as the screener and basically Gasol gets out up on the level of the screen and was able to get a hand in the passing lane on Curry's pass it deflects the ball gets deflected and Fred Van Vliet chases the ball down and Steph Curry takes a loose ball foul uh, on Fred Van Vliet after Gasol had deflected the pass and part of that was due to Fred Van Vliet's effort so excellent job from Marcus Gasol defensively in that second quarter and throughout the game really we we talked about on the last pod how possibly he could be seeing a little less minutes maybe some spot minutes because of his lack of mobility but uh, in this game I think he proved very much so that he can hang out there uh, in in those pick and roll actions and that you can uh, you can rely on Marcus Gasol to give you some reliable defense which is great uh, that's that, that's great to hear he had a couple of nice blocks at the rim as well not specifically in this quarter but in the game but more, but just those three pick and roll ball handler plays where he was the guy guarding the screener, and did a great job of making sure that he didn't uh, get caught out on an island or anything like that. So excellent job defensively for Marcus Saul in the second quarter and throughout the game. Um, and the Raptors continued to get good three point looks throughout the game. They were very good looks in my opinion, and the. That pretty much capped off the second quarter. The second quarter score was 34-28 to for the Raptors. They won that quarter. And at halftime, it was 59-49 to for the Toronto Raptors. So at halftime, the Raptors shot 51.3% from the field, making 20 of 39 shots. And the Golden State Warriors shot 39.5% from the field, making 17 out of 43. The Warriors... 
made six three-pointers here from what I'm counting on the shot chart, and the Raptors made eight. So a nice uh, a nice discrepancy there, six to eight. And more, if anytime the Raptors can outshoot the Warriors from three-point land, that's a good sign. Uh, the Raptors, or sorry, the Golden State Warriors turned the ball over 10 times in that first half, leading to 11 Raptor points off of those turnovers. Steph Curry was the high scorer uh, at the half with 13 points, uh, although it was on 3 of 10 shooting. And Kawhi only had 8 points with 2 of 7 shooting. And Marcus Gasol was actually the high scorer for the game at the half with 14 points. He was actually uh, doing some good things on offense there. Uh, obviously made those couple three-pointers in the first quarter, but also got some uh, deep post touches where he was able to convert as well, which uh, which is good for Marcus Gasol giving you offense. Uh, that's always a plus for the Toronto Raptors. Now the third quarter here, um, this was the Pascal Siakam quarter, and this was really the Pascal Siakam game. I mean, in this quarter, he was just absolutely unstoppable. So he started out uh, with two buckets on Draymond Green, who simply just wasn't able to guard him on this game, uh, or in this quarter really, but really in the game as well. Uh, Pascal Siakam, just he... He's really been used to being guarded by a lot bigger players. Remember, they put Joel Embiid on him in the Sixers series and Giannis and on him in the Bucks series. So now he's being guarded by a guy, Draymond Green, who's, you know, 6'7", but Pascal Siakam, 6'8", 6'9", he's really making Draymond Green look like he's 6'4", out there because of uh, Siakam's very long arms and uh, superior size and footwork. So Siakam got a couple buckets there on Draymond Green. One was a beautiful, beautiful, like little dream, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon dream shake-esque type of move where he took him in, dribbling with his left hand. Draymond thought he was going to spin back over his left shoulder, faked the spin over the left shoulder, and turned back towards the right and finished with the left hand off the glass. That was an excellent move there from Pascal. Uh, he also made a couple uh, jumpers in this corner, one pull-up jumper off the dribble that got a nice friendly bounce off the rim. And then another catch-and-shoot jumper who just inside the three-point line, about 20-footer that was nothing but net. Uh, the Raptors' defense continued to be fantastic in this quarter, really executing uh, uh, rotations and help at the rim very effectively. The only thing for the Raptors that really wasn't going too well uh, in this game, not specifically just this quarter, but... Uh, every those screening actions where Thompson and Curry would come off of down screens to get threes, those were those were tough actions to defend, and uh, they they really seemed to get loose on a couple of those, which really didn't help Toronto. And the second chance points, 16 second chance points uh, with eight minutes to go in the third quarter for Golden State was a serious problem, uh, and that was a lot of what was keeping them in the game and keeping it as close as it was. So Siakam uh, had 10 points uh, in the quarter with 6.55 to go uh, after a Golden State turnover led to a fast break for Toronto. And then there was a timeout with Golden State, 6.55 to go. At that point, uh, Pascal Siakam had 22 points. So Siakam was continuing to cook, like I said, all quarter. He had 26 points with four minutes to go in the quarter. And... To my eye, the Warriors just weren't able to get into a rhythm on offense to this point. It didn't really seem like they had any go-to actions or go-to sets that they were relying on for go-to offense, which seemed to be a problem for them. And finishing off with Pascal Siakam here, Pascal was 6 of 6 in the quarter for 14 points. 
The third quarter score was 32-29 to for the Golden State. So despite Pascal's quarter, Golden State actually won that quarter. And the, the third quarter score going into the fourth was 88-81 to Raptors after three. So at one point, Pascal Siakam had actually made 11 straight shots in a row with 8.40 to go. He had made his 11th straight shot. And then Kyle Lowry actually picked up his fifth foul with about eight minutes left. Kyle Lowry didn't shoot very well, but took a couple of charges, was mixing it up in there with rebounds, nine assists for him as well. He had a classic, you know, Kyle Lowry game where his stats obviously don't show up uh, in, in the box score, and we know this very well. He was uh, a team-high plus 11, along with Fred Van Vliet and Kawhi Leonard, who were also plus 11 in this game. Uh Fred, I just want to talk about Fred Van Vliet really quick. Uh, I posted a, a clip here. Fred Van Vliet chasing Steph Curry around screens was extremely effective. Uh, he actually, in one specific play, was actually able to get a block on Steph Curry's shot. You know, Steph Curry rarely gets his shot blocked, but for, for a guy like Fred Van Vliet to get his shot blocked, uh, or sorry, for Fred Van Vliet to block a guy like Curry's shot at Fred Van Vliet's size, which is about 6'2", was extremely, extremely impressive. And I think there was a stat where 30, or I'm not sure if it's 39 or 29 possessions where Fred Van Vliet was guarding Steph Curry. Steph Curry was only able to manage four points. So I, I don't know what it is about Fred Van Vliet and the way he defends Steph Curry. Maybe he just does a better job getting over top of screens. Maybe he just stays a, a, you know, a half a step or a step more attached than Kyle Lowry or any other specific defender that has defended Steph Curry in the past. But it seems like when Fred Van Vliet gets into the game, he's going to have no problem chasing Curry around screens. And that's just a big plus for the Toronto Raptors to be able to rely on a guy like FVV to chase a guy like Steph Curry around screens like that. So that's something you want to look for in game two going forward. And another thing I want to talk about is Golden State's transition defense was just, you know, pretty bad all night. It, it, it really wasn't good. It didn't seem like the effort was there to me. Uh, one specific play that really killed them, I think it was off of a missed shot. Pascal's pushing it in the fourth quarter, finds Danny Green in the corner, and nobody closes out for Danny Green, wide open as you could get, and Danny Green hits it, nothing but net, and that was Danny Green's third three of the game. Big, big time, uh, big time bounce back performance from Danny Green to hit three of those. And after that, it was 100 to 88 for the Toronto Raptors with 7:32 to go. And then Fred Van Vliet. Last thing I want to talk about in this fourth quarter is Fred Van Vliet hit this ridiculous, actually a couple ridiculous shots. First of all, early in the fourth, Fred Van Vliet uh, gets the switch on Jonas Jonas Jerebko. Jerebko defends it actually pretty well, but Fred Van Vliet just continues to muscle his way through Jerebko's body and then puts the English on the ball to finish off the glass. It was a very very tough finish in the paint there for Fred Van Vliet. And then at the end of the game, uh, Kawhi gets uh, Looney. Sorry, uh, Kavon Looney gets switched onto Kawhi Leonard, and then Andre Iguodala kind of sneaks up into Kawhi's airspace and forces Kawhi to you know pass the ball with you know three seconds on the clock. Uh, Fred Van Vliet takes one dribble and throws up a prayer from uh, a deep, deep two and hits it off the glass and gets an incredibly friendly uh, roll off the rim to hit that shot with 3.20 to go. And that, and that basically iced the game after that. The fourth quarter score, 30-28 to 28 for Toronto. And the final score, as we talked about, 118-109 to 109 for the Toronto Raptors. So points in the paint. The Raptors, 40 points in the paint. And 32 for Golden State. Second chance points, uh, 20 second chance points for Golden State. Only 9 for the Raptors. That was uh, clearly a problem for them. And here's where the Raptors uh, had a big, big advantage and won the game, in my opinion. 24 fast break points for the Raptors to 17 for Golden State. 
Uh, Toronto's biggest lead was 12. Uh, Golden State's biggest lead was 2. And total turnovers, uh, Toronto 10 total turnovers, took care of the ball very well in this game. Golden State not so much on the other hand, 17 turnovers for them. But despite that, points off of turnovers were even for both teams. 17 points off of turnovers for Toronto, 17 points off of turnovers for Golden State. So just some final post-game notes here. Uh, again, this is going to be a quick one, not too, uh, not too much going forward here. Uh, I felt like the Raptors were significantly outplaying Golden State throughout this game, and yet it didn't feel like the Raptors had a big lead. Uh, we talked about the biggest lead was 12, and that big lead came with uh, in the fourth quarter at 188 that we just talked about. And Golden State really just seemed to be kind of hanging around the whole game despite the Raptors significantly outplaying them, and I think that's uh, that's kind of a problem for the Raptors. If you're going to outplay them the way that I believe they did in this game, you got to be up by more. You really got to hold the lead that's a little bit bigger than, you know, 5, 7, 10, which kind of seemed to be what it was for most of the game golden state transition defense was very very bad uh that's an adjustment they need to make for game two they need to clean that up significantly that can't happen where uh toronto gets 24 fast break points and uh the golden state warriors turned the ball over 17 times which was partly fueled their poor transition defense as well uh, I talked about in the preview uh, of this series that we'd uh, see some Curry, Draymond Green pick and roll. There was no possessions I can recall that actually had that action. And that kind of leads me to believe that, you know, Golden State was kind of feeling this game out, it seemed to me. Uh, they didn't have a crazy, a crazy amount of energy. Again, nine days off since that Blazer series. And it seems like they were, I can't remember who said this. I think there was a... Uh, ben Taylor and Stephen Jones Jr. on the uh, Thinking Basketball podcast. And I think Steve Jones said that this was a data collection game for Golden State. And I thought that that was a very accurate description. After playing the Cavs four times in a row in the NBA Finals, I feel like Golden State wanted to just kind of see, okay, what are the Raptors going to throw at us? What, what, what can we kind of take away from... Uh, this game to see what we can move going forward. And I think, I can't remember who said this in the press conference, but it might have been Curry that says, now we've got some concrete tape on these guys uh, that we can watch going forward and kind of study, you know, what they do well, what they do bad, and move forward from there. Uh, as you remember, uh, the two games that Golden State played Toronto weren't really uh, indicative of f future performance. I think Curry and Draymond were missing in the game in November where KD went off for 51 in overtime. And I think Kawhi was missing uh, in the second uh, their second matchup where Toronto won that one. So not really too indicative of uh, future performance here in the playoffs. So that, that kind of makes me feel like it was more of a data collection game here for Golden State. I like uh, how Steve Jones Jr. phrased that. Uh, 17 Golden State turnovers that led to 17 Raptor points. Raptor points. 17 turnovers is too many for Golden State. Uh, I think w we talked about this, how they tend to be careless with the ball, and this was an opportunity uh, for the Raptors to kind of take that and push the ball down their throat and transition and get some easy points, and they were, they were able to do exactly that in this quarter, or in this game, I should say. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins looked a little rusty to me. He didn't really look like himself. Uh, we'll see how... Steve Kerr opts to use him going forward. Uh, you you got to wonder if you're going to see a bit more of Kevon Looney going forward or perhaps a Andrew Bogut who didn't play at all in this game. 
And um, yeah, I think that I think that's pretty pretty much it. I mean, I I don't know. I think Draymond Green just got to do a better job guarding Pascal Siakam. I mean, 32. Uh, let, let's let's run through Siakam's uh, line uh, tonight because he was just absolutely excellent. So Pascal Siakam played uh, just under 40 minutes. He was 14 of 17 from the field, two of three from downtown. Made both of his free throws, eight rebounds, five assists, uh, just two turnovers. Had two big blocks as well. For a total of 32 points. Uh, Kawhi Leonard in this game, who we haven't talked talked about, had a bit of a quiet night. He only made five. He played 43 minutes, only made five field goal attempts on 14 shots. He was three of six from downtown, ten of 12 from the line. He had eight rebounds, five assists of eight rebounds, five assists of his own, and he did that for 23 points. And Marcus Saul, who had a great offensive game as well. He, you know, the story of this game is Pascal Siakam, and it should be. But Marcus Saul, I can't stress enough how excellent of a game he was. Six out of ten from the field, two of four from downtown, made all six of his free throws, seven rebounds, only one assist though, uh, but two steals and a block. And he had 20 points and was a plus eight on the floor as well. And finally, another guy that stepped up off the bench, Fred Van Vliet, five out of eight, made five out of eight shots, one of four from downtown. Uh, he made four or six of his free throws, one one rebound, two assists, but he had 15 points and was a plus 11 in this game. He was he was real big for the Toronto Raptors in this game going forward. So just just a couple of adjustments here. I don't really have too many. Like I said, Golden State kind of feeling this game out. I think they know they got to be better in transition defense. They got to limit Pascal Siakam to uh, a lower amount of points. But there were stretches where Golden State's defense was were good in this game. Uh, I don't think it was all all bad. Uh, just uh, a few stretches that really killed them in my opinion. So just clean just cleaning that up. Uh, is going to be what Golden State has to do. And for Toronto, just, you know, maintaining that lead, maintaining their defensive intensity, which I thought they did a good job of in this game. And uh, on offense, they weren't necessarily too bad, in my opinion. I think Toronto had, you know, Toronto's offense was pretty good. Uh, 13 of 33 from downtown for 39% is, you know, very good shooting. Uh, got to the free throw line 32 times, uh, made 27 of those. That's very good. Only seven offensive rebounds for the Raptors in this game. Maybe that's something they can, uh, get a few more of. Uh... 25 assists, I thought was pretty good. Only 10 turnovers. And again, able to score 118 points. I mean, that's the type of game you're going to need consistently from the Raptors if you want to win this series. And uh, it's it was a big first game, big first win for them. And so we go back to Toronto for game two. And uh, we'll, we'll, see how, we'll see how things go. But a uh, couple things... The Golden State Warriors needs to need to clean up, but I think in total, if uh, if Toronto can play a very similar game, uh, maybe with a couple things cleaned up and uh, just be prepared for a couple new actions and new things the Warriors are going to run, new things the Warriors are going to try in terms of plays, X's and O's, and lineups, I think the Raptors uh, should be in good shape. So we'll we'll see how they adjust to that going forward. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed game one of what should be a great NBA Finals going forward. I, I got a feeling this is going to be a great series. Uh, enjoy game two, and we'll uh, have another Twitter thread uh, for you after game two and another review podcast after game two as well. Talk soon, and thanks for listening.